You know, for the most part, Mother's Day is a, a great opportunity to celebrate our moms. Um, it's a great opportunity to be reminded that God created moms with the purpose of being moms. <laughs> and most of the time, for most people, it's a great, wondrous day of celebration and happiness. But there are some people that this isn't a happy day. That this is a day of sorrow. For some people don't still have their moms. And this day particularly particularly reminds them of that. And it can be a day of sadness for some people. There are other people who were almost moms in their mind. They were almost moms. Or for a short time... They were moms, but now their children are gone. And it's a sad, sad day for some people. So those people that this is a sad day would tell those of you that still have your mom or those of you that still have your children to treat every day like it's the most precious gift God's ever given you. And those people would remind you of what we're going to talk about this morning, and that is the fact that this life is so, so precious. This life, according to Paul, is like a mist. It's so temporary. Yet you and I walk around like we've got the rest of our life to do this or that, or take care of this, or address this, when the reality is you are not promised tomorrow. And we say that so often, but we do not live like we believe it. We take so many things for granted. We, we walk around here like we have some kind of power and we have some kind of control in this life, but we don't. We don't. So, moms, happy Mother's Day. I have one of the greatest God ever created. I could stand up here and tell you how she's great and all the sacrifices she made and all the things that she did so that we, my, my siblings and myself, could have the life that we had. And I've told them in a marriage retreat one time, my parents, I told them, actually I didn't tell them, I just made this statement that I probably had the greatest childhood of any person that's ever been born. We had a blast. We had a lot of fun. We didn't do it all right, but we had a lot of fun, and I wouldn't trade my childhood for anybody's. I have a great mom. I love my mom dearly. But today I'm not just going to talk to the moms. Today I'm going to talk to all of us, give you a special warning. For those of you that, that have lost your mom, your mom's already gone, don't let the sorrow overrun the memories. And don't let those opportunities with your children or your grandchildren get away. Take advantage of it, the opportunity. For those of you that, that have children that have, have gone by whatever means that may be, hold tight, just like we just sang, hold tight. God's got bigger plans, I promise. Great big plans. 
He knows far and above way more than you and I could ever imagine. And I'll take his plans over mine any day. Okay? So, in the meantime, you can be turning in your Bibles to James chapter 4. James chapter 4, verse 13. James chapter 4, verse 13. Um, For those of you that haven't been here in a while, and I have seen some new faces this morning um, during our little COVID episode we had and being in the building and being without all the electronics, we kind of got accustomed and atoned to people flipping through their Bibles instead of reading off of the monitors. So our main scripture you'll, you'll be responsible for with your Bible, your phone, your pad, whatever you've got, your Bible app, we're good with that. Not, not ashamed of that at all, if, if that's what you have. Um, use that, but our main scripture, we ask you to look that up, and then when we get time to start flipping back and forth and going different places, we'll put those supporting scriptures up here. <clears throat> and the purpose of that, again, is to get you flipping the pages in your Bible and looking up things and finding things. So James chapter 4, starting in verse 13. James chapter 4, starting in verse 13. We'll read through the end. In ver- I mean, through the verse 17. Which is the end. Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we do humble ourselves before you this morning to say thank you for another day of life. Thank you, Father, for another opportunity to gather in your house and study in your word. I pray, Father, for your guidance as we dig into your word this morning. I pray that that my opinions and my thoughts and my words would be bound up and locked away, Father, and everything that comes out of my mouth is your words and your desires and what you would have us to learn and what you would have us to know. Father, our goal this morning is not to finish. Our goal is to gain. Father, and I just pray that you allow us to gain knowledge from your word this morning. Father, that you allow us to understand what we read and what we hear. And Father, that you show us how that we may apply that and that your word may cause us to grow closer to the image of your glory that you so desire for us to be. Father, we thank you for our mothers this morning. I thank you for what you have created in them and what you have caused them to be. And I I pray, God, that that each mother that's here today, Father, would be blessed by you as as they are celebrated today. Father, we thank you, we love you, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, um, don't be surprised because of the society that we live in. 
you wake up one day and we can no longer have Mother's Day because it offends somebody. Or we can no longer have Father's Day because it offends somebody. Because everybody, in, or not everybody, but a lot of people in the culture and the society that we live in today, they want everybody to just be equal across the board. Just to be the same. They want there to be no difference between a man and a woman. Well, I've got bad news. God made those differences. And you can't remove them. What God did was He created them equal, but not the same. In other words, God created man with a role and a purpose, and He created woman with a role and a purpose. And they both have equally important purpose, but they're not the same purpose. And our society wants you to believe that if you see things that way, there's some kind of evil in you that must be rooted out. And the best way to do it is just cancel out the people that disagree with you. Well, you can disagree all you want to, but God is God and He's right all the time. It was His decision to create us the way He created us. Now, as in that creation, He also put something else in place that you and I are not always aware of, and that's called a time limit. It's, it's that part on your headstone that's least looked at. See, when you walk up to a tomb rock or a tombstone, you'll notice for the most part there'll be two dates, right? There'll be a starting date, which would be your birth date, and there's an ending date, which would be the day that you left this walk of life, or that person left this walk of life. But what's in between them is what's important. And that's the dash, the little short part, the part nobody looks at on a tombstone. But in reality, that's the only part that matters is what's between your starting and your ending, right? It's what you did with the time that God gave you on this earth. You see, God has a predestinated time for me to leave this walk of life, and I have no idea what, when that is. And I, and I should walk around like I don't know when that is. And I should take every opportunity to let the people that are closest to me know how much I love them and then more importantly how much God loves them. But I don't do that because I'm not convinced that today really could be my last day. Because if I were convinced that today was my last day, I would do some things differently in my life, right? The things that are important to me would not be important and the things that aren't important to me would become of greatest importance. Right? And I can say that about me and you cannot amen because you think that makes you in the same boat as me, but your not amening doesn't take you out of my boat. In other words, you don't have to agree with me for it to be true. The important things in this life to us should be the same things that are most important to God. Should be. This letter, this, this part of this book that we just read, James is actually talking to some merchants, the merchant class of people. These are, these are Christians who are merchants. But this applies to every one of us. Not, not just to merchants. But I'll show you why we know that he was talking to merchants. Go back with me to James chapter 4 verse 13. Come now, 
You who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. He's talking to merchants. People who would say, let's go here, let's go there, and let's spend some time there, and let's make a profit. Those are merchants that he's talking to. But what he is saying applies to way more than just merchants. It applies to everybody who's ever drawn a breath in this walk of life. Because he goes on to say, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. Can I tell you, you have no idea what tomorrow will bring? I have, no, I have a schedule. I have a plan. I've spent the last week and a half at my job moving a plant, a rock crusher, from Lawrenceburg to Pulaski. And their plan when we made this move was to be there two or three, maybe four months to build up some rock at the Pulaski Quarry. We found out Friday they will be there for one month. And we have to go and redo everything we just... That's not, our, that's not what we had in mind. They haven't even told their employees that because they're afraid they're going to quit. Because we just spent a week and a half of torture <laughs> moving that place. Now we've got to go back in a month and move it back. That's not the plan we had in, idea, in, in our minds when we moved it. Can I tell you, you have no idea what tomorrow will bring? As much as you plan and as much as you hope for, can I assure you, you have no clue what tomorrow will bring. You don't have any idea that you will even see tomorrow. You don't have any idea that that loved one sitting next to you will see tomorrow. And we say that, and we say that, and we claim that we believe that, but when I look at how I live my life, do I really believe it? Do I really understand the reality that I have no control over tomorrow? Do I take the time to, to let my mom know and let my dad know how much I love them on a regular basis? Do I let my wife know every day that I love her? Do I let my daughter know every day that I love her? Do I spend every moment of time with these people that are closest to me like it's my last moments? Or do I blow it off because I've got more important things to do over here? Do I really address the people that I work with in a manner that today could be their last day and I don't know if they have salvation or not, if they're born again or not? Or do I act like if I can just establish a relationship first and then six months down the road maybe I'll have that opportunity? See, my fruit says I don't believe what I'm telling you. Right? If I don't do it, the way I'm telling you that it needs to be done, then obviously I don't believe it. Now, I will back up and tell you that I do to make every, I take every opportunity to let my loved ones know that I love them. And if I see one of them getting sideways, I, they'll tell you I'll be the first one to call you to the carpet and we're going to sit down and have what we call a serious talk and we're going to find out whether Jesus is happy with your actions at this moment or not. I'm that guy. I do that. And I don't just do that for them. Those guys I've worked with over the last week and a half, call any of them and ask them. 
Because I really believe that I am not guaranteed tomorrow. I'm not, and they're not. And I, and I really do want to make the most out of this Mother's Day because it may be the last one I get with my mom. And that's real to me. And I want you to leave here today knowing that that is also should be real to you. To quit taking all these things for granted. God does not promise us a, a certain, like you have 50 years or you have 80. He doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Stay with me because I'm going to back up in the book of James and show you what our problem is and why we have such a struggle getting it right. But stay with me because we're not there yet. Keep going. Look at here. Keep, keep right here where we're at in, in verse 14. Yet you do not know what tomorrow brings. What is your life? What is your life? For you are a mist. Some translations say a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes. You, you are, your life is a mist or a vapor that is here for a little time and then it vanishes. It's just gone. It's just, the time on this earth expires, and that's just it. It's just over. It's just gone. And you can't get a minute of it back. You, you can't get a day of it back. You can't get a few minutes of it back. Oh, how I wish. <laughs> right? Oh, how I wish. Listen, I used to spend time with my grandparents quite often. My, my parents made it a point to make sure that family was important to us. And it, and it is, and it has been. And it's that way because they taught it that way. I spent time with my grandparents. I have, I have a, my grandparents on my mother's side are first-generation Americans. My grandfather, my great-grandfather on my mom's side came from Hungary. Well, I always thought in my mind that I would someday talk to my grandfather about that and get those stories. Do you think I did? You know why? I had all kinds of time. I was a young guy. I wasn't going anywhere. I used to spend time with him in the wood shop, believe it or not. During the week, he would build things. And then on weekends, I would load up with him, and, and somebody would. A lot of times it was me, and we would go to flea markets. And he would sell the things that he had made. I sat yesterday in a little town called Macburg, Tennessee. Y'all know where Macburg? You can't get there from here unless you know where it's at. <laughs> at a craft show selling stuff I had made. And I sat there thinking about, man, I wish I'd have paid a little more attention to Granddaddy. Because he, he tried to show me this stuff. Now my, now, my granddaddy on my mama's side wasn't a real nice guy. I'll just be honest with you. He, 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 went about, he was rough around the edges, to say the least. His, his teaching methods were harsh at times. But if I'd have been paying attention, man, what I could have learned. But you know why I didn't? I thought I had all the time in the world. I thought he would always be there. My grandfather on my dad's side, great old big burly guy. We called him Pop Daddy. He didn't say much. 
But boy, when he spoke, you better listen. First, I can remember the first when I first the first job I ever had. I was sixty. Well, I had a job before that, but what he considered a job when I was sixteen years old I was actually fifteen. And from the time I got that job till the time last time I spoke to my grandfather, you know what the first thing he asked me every time I seen him? Did you work this week? Yes, sir. That's good. A man needs a job. There were so many things and so many reasons why he thought that. And I always wanted to ask him, Pop, why is it so important to you that I work this week? But I didn't. You know why? I had all the time in the world. He's not going anywhere. See, believe it or not, our actions say that we believe that we're going to be here from now on. And the people around us are going to be there with us. That's what our actions say about us. That we believe that. But according to Scripture, you're only here for a little while. So why not make the most out of your dash? Right? Why not get the most out of your dash? Why not live the most pleasing to God life you can possibly live? Why not spend as much time with the people that you love the most as you possibly can? Because listen, it's just for a little while. Every bit of this is temporary. It's all going away, including these bodies. Oh, let me tell you, at the ripe old age of 44, I can already tell you that these bodies are cursed and they are going away. Quickly, so quickly, <laughs> everything here is, it's all cursed. I had a guy ask me, one of the conversations I got to have, one of the guys I was working with, he's from over around West Tennessee, kind of new to, to the company that I was working with, and he got a phone call while we were working uh, Tuesday morning, I think, Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning, he got a phone call that one of his friends and his 12-year-old daughter was in a car wreck Sunday evening over in that part of the state, and the little girl didn't live. She's 12 years old. And he said, Nick, why? Why does a 12-year-old girl die in a car wreck? Why? Why? And I had to stop what I was doing and sat down and explain to him, Brother, we live in a cursed world. Death is a result of sin. It was introduced by Adam and Eve in the garden. And the whole, the whole plan is for you and I to strive with everything we got to get back to God. He made a way for that through Jesus Christ. But that doesn't stop bad things from happening. That's why it's so important that you have Christ in your life is because you don't know when it'll be. Amen. This life is so temporary and a lot of times we look at it and go, this ain't fair. But listen, if everything in this life added up and made sense, why would you strive for something else? Why would you have a desire for the kingdom of heaven if this was heaven? All of this is here to point us to our need for our maker. 
a relationship with our Maker. It's so temporary. It's that, that little girl's dash was small. But in the grand scheme of things, so is mine. So is yours. You're only here for a little while. It's like a vapor. It's like a mist. It's here, and then it vanishes. It's gone. Keep going. It gets better. Verse 15, instead you ought to say... If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or do that. What you ought to say, what you should say, is that if the Lord wills, if God so desires. And what this does is recognizes the sovereignty of God. Now we've put the control and the power back into His hands and taken it out of my hands. And by saying, if God wills, if God desires, now you hear me say, I ain't got no control over what tomorrow brings. I understand that I ain't got a clue what's coming tomorrow. I understand that I may only have a short time left with the people closest to me. Because saying it the other way is boasting according to scriptures. Keep reading. Verse 16. As it is, you're bo you boast in your arrogance. In other words, for me not to recognize that I have no control is arrogance. For me not to recognize that I have no control is boasting. And all such boasting evil it's evil it's not acceptable it's evil all such boasting is evil keep going so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him it is sin oh thanks brother Nick now you told me something I didn't know now it's sin to me to keep doing it right Right? Listen to me. Listen to me clearly. Standing before God, I didn't know will not be an acceptable excuse. Because if it was, then we would be better off to not tell the world about Christ. Then they wouldn't have the option to reject Him, and then they would just make it because they didn't know. Right? That's not going to be an option. I didn't know will not be an option. I didn't know will not be an excuse. Matter of fact, he says in the book of Romans, there will be without excuse because God created it in a way that everywhere we look and everything we see points us to our knowledge that He does exist. So there will be no excuse. So those who know the right thing to do and don't do it to them it is sin alright so now we know that the right thing to do is acknowledge that we have no control over tomorrow right 
We know that the right thing to do is not to make plans based on our desires, but to make our plans based on God's desires. Can I tell you that the harder I strive to do this, the harder it gets to do? Huh? Can I tell you that the more I know that I need to be doing what is right, the harder I struggle and the more I end up doing that is wrong? And can I tell you I'm not the only one? And I know that. I know that for a fact. Back up to... Verse 6, 4, oh uh, no, hang on, I got lost, I skipped my notes. No, yeah, just go on back up to James chapter 4, verse 1. James chapter 4, verse 1. We're going to see where James started this conversation. James chapter 4, verse 1. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Does anybody in here have a problem with getting along with folks? Or is it just me? Uh, I, think, I think some, I'm, I'm convinced that some people are their sole reason that God created them. Their whole purpose. Now this is the gospel according to Nick, so don't take it too far. I'm convinced that some people was put here to show me that I ain't as godly as I think I am. That the reason they're in my path is so God can go, see, you ain't good at that. Because there's some people that make me just want to ball my... I had it happen this past week. I'm telling you, I had to do... It took everything I could to, to, to maintain my witness and my character. I just had to walk away from the conversation and go get in my truck. And what I wanted to do was point my truck back to the shop and go, go down here and tell my boss it was raining this morning. They didn't want to do anything. That's what I wanted to do. But I didn't. I went back down to where I was supposed to be and went to work. And I steamed. And I boiled. And my blood pressure was about right here. Y'all see this tan line I got right? Huh? It's, it's about right here. Some think it comes from a hard hat and sunglasses, but I'm telling you, it's because Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, that's where my blood pressure came to. And it scarred me. Because I know what is the right thing to do. Why are there quarrelings among you? Why is it that as much as, man, I, try, I do my best, I try as hard as I can try to be as godly a person as I can possibly be, to be an example in front of others so that they can see Christ in me. And I try to do that every single step I take every day. But why is it there's always these people that are pushing my buttons and testing me? Look here. Why? What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Listen, is it not this? James tells us, or he asks us, is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? Your passions are at war within you. Your desires are at war within you. What are they warring with? Anybody want to guess? 
God's desires and God's passions. Right? In other words, inside of me is a spiritual being, a spiritual man, and a physical man. And they are at war. And I mean at war. And my desires, my physical fleshly desires, do not line up with my spiritual desires, God's desires. Right? So there's this war taking place. And this war rages inside of me on a daily basis where my flesh wants to overcome my spirit and my spirit wants to overcome my flesh. Which one wins? The strongest one. The one I feed the most. And my spirit is a picky, picky eater. There's only certain things he'll eat. Godly things. Righteous things. Spiritual things. But my flesh will eat anything. It's food available for him everywhere. Sit down and watch Andy Griffith, the most wholesome show I know of on TV. And if you sit there through the commercial, your physical self probably got fed. There was some kind of trash, some kind of garbage that came on there. He can eat anything. He eats all kinds of stuff. So in order for my spirit to win this battle, I've got to feed my spirit more than I feed my, my, my flesh. Right? And my spirit is so picky. He only eats certain things. And the majority of it comes from God's Word. So how am I going to get my spirit strong enough that it overcomes my flesh? Any ideas? Feed him. What am I going to feed him? The garbage on the boob tube? Probably not. Just keep doing what I normally do and just see what happens? Probably not going to work, is it? I'm going to have to be intentional in feeding my spirit. So this battle that rages inside of me is keeping me from living my life like I know that tomorrow's not promised. The reason that I, can't, that, I, that I can't live out things the way I want to live them out is because my flesh is stronger than my spirit. And there's, there, there is a war going on inside of me. It's my passions at war. And the only way that I'm ever going to be able to put on display for you everything that God has for me to display is if my spirit become stronger than my flesh. And the only way I'm ever going to get my spirit stronger than my flesh is by spending more time doing spiritual things than I spend doing worldly things. Regardless of what that is. Regardless of how you've divided up. And here's the scary thing. Your life is but a vapor. So how much time do I have to make this correction? I don't know. I don't have any idea. 
because today really could be my last day. This could be the last message that I ever preach. Could be the last time that I stand in this pulpit. And that's real. I mean, that, that has to be real. You have to understand that I'm not just saying that to add some kind of drama to my message this morning. I'm saying that so that this becomes real to you. That we keep putting things off, important things, godly things and righteous things. We keep putting them off just because we think that we have all this time to get this right. And the reality of it is we don't know that we even have tomorrow. So why don't we act like it? Why don't we get busy about God's Word? Why don't we get busy about doing things that are pleasing to God? Why don't we get busy about feeding our spirit? We're almost there. Verse 2, You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Right? See, i got to be able to depend on God to provide. Not Nick. God. Next, you ask, look, and do not receive. Not only do you not have because you don't ask, some of you ask and don't receive. Why? Because you ask wrongly, selfishly, right? That's what he said. Because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. All about self, right? Go to Roma. I want to show you that you ain't the only one in this struggle, and then we're going to... Check up. Romans chapter 7, verse 13. Romans chapter 7, verse 13. Paul is talking about... Um, the difference in, in law and grace and talking released from the law. And we're picking up right in the, the, the midst of this where he's talking about law and sin. And he's verse 13 he says, Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. What did bring death then? It was sin producing death in me through what is good. In order that sin might be shown to be sin and through the commandment, might become sinful beyond measure. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. Right? For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Paul says this, The man that wrote more of the New Testament Bible than anybody else has the same problem I got. I know what's right. So why don't I do it? I know that I should treat every day like it's my last, so why don't I? Keep reading. Paul's got the same problem. For I do not do what I want, but, that, but I do the very thing that I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that, is, that it is good. 
So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. Nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. Think about that. Separate from your spirit, you can't do nothing good. There ain't nothing good in you. There ain't good nothing good in me that is of this flesh. That is of the flesh, he said. So he's talking about in our flesh there is nothing good about us. You're not capable, I'm not capable, we're not capable. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do... The evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. You see the problem with your flesh? You see, you see what Paul just said about our flesh? With, in our flesh, there is nothing good. And as long as I follow my flesh and I follow this world, and I don't acknowledge God as sovereign and in total control, I'm going to keep doing what I don't want to do. And that is sin. Why? Because sin dwells in me. Because of my flesh. No way to avoid it. Except through the Spirit. And the only way for you and I to really live a life, as short as it may be, Pleasing to God is to live it walking in the Spirit. Seeking the things of God. Pursuing the things of God. A lot of people, a lot of people live this life in pursuit of happiness. Can I tell you that's not going to happen? Can I tell you as long as you live your life in pursuit of happiness, it's the next day away? But if you live your life in pursuit of righteousness, you'll trip over happiness. See, we pursue the wrong things. God wants us to have happiness, but He don't want us to pursue happiness. You get that? God wants us to have stuff, but He don't want us to pursue stuff. You understand that? God's not mad because you got things. God's upset because you pursue things instead of Him. But see, when we pursue Him, then He begins to supply things we couldn't even imagine that we could ever have. Versus we pursue things and leave God out of it and get up one day and go, how did I get here? You pursued stuff and it brought you here. So how do I make the most out of my dash? How do I live every day like it's going to be my last day. I do that by pursuing God in my daily life. Not just my Sunday morning church life. My daily life. God, what is your desire for me in this? In other words, I don't make a decision that God ain't involved in it. He wants to be. He, wants, he desires to be. 
And a lot of us ask God these questions and we sit around in a dark room waiting on our answer. When really you ought to turn the light on and get His Word out and pursue God in here. Ask Him the question and then pursue Him in here. God spoke already. And He wrote it down. Because some of us is so hard of hearing. He wrote it down. Listen. If you think God spoke to you, go read His Word and see if it matches. Because I'm not telling you God don't speak to people. God can speak to you through song. I believe that. God, God can speak to you through events in your life. But listen to me. If you think God spoke to you, go read His Word. And if what God said to you is contrary to this, that wasn't God speaking to you. God's, everything He speaks will always line up directly right here. If it contradicts, this ain't wrong. You misunderstood, or it wasn't God that spoke to you. It'll always line up with His Word over and over and over again. You want to make the most out of Mother's Day? Spend it pursuing God. You want to make the most out of Father's Day? You want to make the most out of tomorrow, the next day? Spend it pursuing God. Making the most out of your dash. Listen. God has a plan. A perfect plan. He's always on time every time. I can tell you right now, if, if God had listened to my plan, mine and Amanda's plan, if He had allowed us to live out what we desired, when this opportunity came along sitting on the front row, we wouldn't have, ain't no way. We couldn't have done it. Because we'd have had a football team and a couple of cheerleaders already. There wouldn't have been room. Because that's what we desired. That's what we wanted. was a house full. But God had a different plan. And I want to tell you right now, I wouldn't trade His plan for mine. As hard as it was to get here, as hard as it was to endure, as hard as it was to get to the point where we start to see that plan unveil, I still wouldn't trade it. But see, this was God's plan. It didn't line up with our plan. Hey, I didn't have to change no diapers. <laughs> I didn't have to buy no car seats. Huh? You see what I'm saying? God's plan was good. I just had to endure long enough to get there. Live every day like you really believe tomorrow's not promised. Because according to Scripture, this life is a vapor. It's a mist. It's temporary. And you have no control over it. You've got to depend on God. You've got to.